Welcome to the Scottish Fisheries Museum podcast series, Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. In this series, we take a look back through lockdown so far and share the experiences of people and organisations linked to the marine environments and maritime industries in Scotland. I am Andrea and in this episode we speak to Michael Stephen Clark, author of Mr Buckland, Mr Walpole and Mr Young around Scotland with the Fisheries Men, Helen Sturm, postgrad museum and gallery study student at the University of St Andrews and part of the By the Seaside exhibition team, and Richard Bates, geophysicist at the University of St Andrews. we talk about research and academia, studies, teaching and other academic events and projects have been affected by lockdown with everyone adapting to a new way of work and study that is still in place now. There are some new voices in this episode so our guests will tell you a little bit more about themselves right now. My name is Michael Stephen Clark. I'm a writer living and working in Dundee not far distant from the Scottish Fisheries Museum in Anstruther. In a previous life, I worked in many zoological gardens and wildlife conservation centres, including Jersey Wildlife Preservation Trust and the Zoological Society of London. I worked primarily on the animal management side, where I was deeply involved in the conservation of endangered species. At the same time, I developed a parallel vocation as a writer and communicator with a strong remit for education and interpretation. I've authored a number of scientific papers, written popular magazine articles, and produced commissioned educational texts. My name's Richard Bates, and I'm a uh, geophysicist, in fact, by training, and I work in earth and environmental sciences at University of St Andrews. I spent a number of years in industry, working as a contractor and a consultant in um, based out of the US and uh, the work that we did as a company was uh, everything from well, oil and gas uh, research to mining to environmental to groundwater and then more recently and you know well I should say since coming back to the University of St Andrews um, I've really gone and concentrated much more of my career on on um, the application of geophysics to high resolution recording both environmental things and that stretches in the marine sector out to uh, looking at benthic habitats, looking at pelagic uh, issues, um, and also in archaeology. My name is Helen Sturm. Uh, I'm an American postgrad uh, at the University of St. Andrews, and I am from Brunswick, Maine, um, which is uh, on the east coast of the U.S., and for By the Seaside at the Scottish Fisheries Museum, I'm the marketing and fundraising officer. So I studied uh, art history uh, at a college named uh, Davidson College in North Carolina uh, in the States. And I worked in my school's gallery um, as a student. And so I really enjoyed uh, working behind the scenes with the curator there because um, it was so small that I really got to experience all aspects of kind of how a gallery works. Um, and I also in college was really into painting. And so I even got to see some of my work go up in like a gallery setting, which was really cool. And um, 
it was just exciting to see that go through that process as an artist and also as a museum professional. So when the pandemic started, I was sent home as most students were. So I didn't get to finish um, my degree at college. I did it remotely and I never had a graduation. And so I was looking for a way to kind of start fresh and get a degree and um, kind of have a new um, experience during this pandemic, just because it seemed like I wasn't necessarily going to get a job. So I decided to apply to schools here in the UK because um, I've always wanted to study here. And then I got into St. Andrews and then I only heard in August and then I had to come in September. So it was a quick turnaround, but yeah, so I'm still studying and we finish our um, degree in August. Writers may be considered to have had one of the better pandemic experiences with more chance to focus on their work and Michael and Richard's experiences broadly support this. But what this pandemic has taught us is that it can affect anyone. The pandemic has affected everyone in one way or another, mostly adversely. Many of us have been left thinking about future plans that are now in a state of suspended animation. Some have seen their dreams turn to dust and their lives torn apart. As a writer, I could argue that I've been fortunate. The disruption has been minimal, apart from two weeks of high anxiety when the virus visited our family home. Thankfully, we're all still here. I have continued to write new books, and I spend my time productively revising old e-books and reissuing them in print. Yeah, I mean, so it's allowed me a lot of time to to uh, write other bits of data up that, that I haven't you know, hadn't got around to writing up or, or needed writing up. Um, and so that also means uh, publishing data. So we've had some uh, publications come out over the last um, uh, eight months here. We've had, uh, well, I think it's quite exciting ones on Kalanish, uh, looking at the lightning strikes at the standing stone circles up there. Uh, we've had a paper come out on um, tsunami, the, the what's called the Storega slide tsunami that came down the North Sea 8.2 thousand years ago, so 8,200 years ago, and how that's impacted the coastline. Um, we had a, a paper come out on some um, unusual features around um, a place called Durrington Walls, which is in the Stonehenge landscape. So it's been quite profitable for that. While writers have had some of the better experiences, things haven't been so great for students and even teachers who have experienced some problems. The, the, the problem comes more with, you know, troubleshooting individual, say like when you're teaching individual student issues, um, you know, it's, it's harder to do that on a one-to-one -one basis than when they're in a big classroom and you can sort of wander around their computers and see what's going on. I think it's honestly like, it's been a bit discouraging to be a student during this because during the pandemic because um, all we get told is that the job market is really difficult and anyways for students who are interested in the arts or in museums all we're told is that you know you're, you're gonna have a really hard time so just prepare for that and so I think it can be a little bit discouraging and I mean we don't I don't think any of us necessarily feel like real students here because we haven't had a singular, singular, like normal student experience. Um, and we also haven't met each other in person, really. 
Everyone has had to get used to online learning, which has been a weird experience for student and teachers alike. It's an experience that, from two different angles, Richard and Helen have experienced. Um, preparation for and delivery of teaching um, under these unusual times has been uh, full on with probably, oh, I don't know, two or three times as much teaching uh, as, as before because we have to deliver it in different ways. I think we're all still kind of learning how to communicate solely on, through um, a computer screen. So we have Microsoft Teams and it's helpful because we can call each other on there, have all of our files um, there, um, have like working documents that we can all share together. And, but it's still, um, I mean, we haven't met our professors properly in person. We did briefly when we had classes in person, I think it was November for like a couple weeks, we got to meet them kind of, but yeah, I haven't, um, it definitely seems a little more um, distant, I guess. And, but we try to make it as personal as possible. But I think also everyone has a lot going on. And so it's, I think everyone is overwhelmed in their own ways. And so um, it's nice because I, I think our teachers are really understanding and they give us time and space to, you know, do things that would in normal times take maybe be go a little faster. The pandemic has caused many missed experiences in personal and professional settings. And this is no different for both writers and students, even if it is in a different way from each other. Book events are now an essential element of the book industry. No author can afford to be without them. And Zooming on the internet is a poor substitute for bookish conversations among kindred spirits. Had we not been hurled into the Covid maelstrom, I like to think I'd be out there pushing Frank Buckland into the limelight. Understandably, and quite rightly, book launches, signings, talks and festivals were among the first public events to be considered a danger to public health. I don't think the impact on the media industry can be underestimated either. This summer has seen mainstream television, theatre and radio shrink to an alarming degree. This means less exposure and fewer opportunities for writers and authors to talk to larger audiences. Like sometimes it doesn't even feel like I live in Scotland just because I can't go anywhere. I haven't been outside of St. Andrews except for the airport just because the timing hasn't worked out. And so, and we obviously can't go anywhere. So um, yeah, it's been difficult. I have tried to take advantage of like going to open spaces at the university, like they have some study spaces that you can book and, but they're really competitive because everyone is trying to get out of their apartment. So I try to do that, but mainly it's just, I'm truly getting an entire museum degree without ever being in a museum <laughs> um, during the course of it. So um, it's not what I expected, I think, I thought maybe it, things would get better a little faster than they are, um, but still, um, I think as the summer approaches, I hope to maybe feel more like someone who lives in Scotland and see a place other than East Sands, you know. <laughs>
Blue Space has taken on a different or additional meaning throughout the pandemic, with many people local to the coast visiting to relax and to escape a little bit. By the Seaside seems pretty fitting for an exhibition. As Helen is part of the team who put it together, it seemed only right to hear a little bit about why Blue Space has been important to her throughout the pandemic. Well, it's been a really big deal. I think part of the reason why I chose to go to St. Andrews is because I knew I would be able to be outside so much. And I mean, we didn't know what the world was going to look like. I mean, when I was applying, we had no idea what, like, it was there going to be a vaccine with what, what was going to happen. Um, and so when I was, you know, the studies in the program obviously are really important when I was choosing what where to go, but um, I knew that being in St. Andrews would mean having access to the outdoors and that's huge. And I come from um, a town right on the ocean as well in the US. So um, it was a big part of my decision to come here. And I, I try to go at least see the ocean every day, just because it seems silly not to since I live here and who knows, you know, since the program ends in August, who knows where I'll be after that. And so, um, it is, it kind of just is an easy place to go to, to reset and recharge a little bit. With what seems like light at the end of the tunnel approaching, Michael and Helen shared their hopes for the future. The pandemic will come to an end, but its effect will be felt long after. One thing I've noticed is that very few of us are content to be spectators. People are giving voice to their hopes, their fears, and their anxieties. We have seen both the positive and negative outcomes of dissent, but at least we're talking. I don't envisage a new age of debate over fundamental values, but I hope that post-lockdown liberation will see civilised discourse flourishing through physical events and in-person dialogue. We can now see, I think, that Facebook and Twitter aren't enough for we humans. We're social beings and compulsive communicators who want to be part of a living conversation. Well, hopefully this summer, I mean, who knows what we'll be able to do, but um, I would love to travel a bit, even if it's just within Scotland. Um, And like, I've never been to Glasgow. I'd love to go there um, and up to the Highlands. Um, I'd love to travel for my dissertation. there are some places that would be incredibly relevant to my project that I would love to go to. And in normal years, you easily could, and that would be encouraged. Um, and mainly, I just hope to get my family over to visit because they've never been. So, Thank you to Michael, Richard and Helen, who took time out during uncertain times to chat to me for the podcast. The By the Seaside exhibition is now available online as well. You can head over to bytheseaside-exhibition.co.uk to visit that. And they even have their own podcast too, as well as blogs and details of events. Let us know your thoughts on the topics discussed in today's podcast on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by looking for at Scott Fish Museum. Thanks for listening. <laughs>